to me, but occasionally he gives me like a message, uh, tells me what to preach for months. And um, <clears throat> actually kind of downloaded that, that February we're going to take a, a whole month and delve into the uh, uh, area of restoration and restoring our hearts, uh, which is one of our core values. So we touched on it last week, but this week we're going to go, uh, this month, last month in January, this month we're going to go deeper into that. And uh, in bouncing around some ideas, um, I just really felt uh, that Sarah and Seth should teach this session uh, because uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they, they've just finished, or are you about to finish? Still in it? Doing a life group based on uh, these things. Plus, uh, uh, um, they both do a significant amount of the uh, healing and restoration ministry uh, in the church, as well as other couples and individuals that have been trained to minister into the heart issues. <clears throat> so I really want to encourage all of you to uh, come to all of the uh, Sundays, if at all possible. If you miss a Sunday, be sure to listen to the teaching. We podcast it. You can get it online. Uh, because these are some of the core issues that bring about healing and spiritual maturity. So I'm just going to turn it over and let them teach. All right. Well, we are excited to uh, be able to have a couple minutes with you guys to share some of the things that, yeah, a couple of minutes. Thanks, Cameron. Um, <laughs> things that, um, you know, God's worked out in us. So let's just all uh, just turn our attention toward God and just turn our, just continuing in that place of worship. And Father, we just invite your Holy Spirit, God, to speak to us. Pray that our ears will be open to hear what you have to say to us this morning, Father. We just position ourselves, God. We, we actively take a position um, to hear what you have to speak to us and then actively take a position to receive what you have for us, God. Because we know we don't just come to church because it's, it's fun and it's a social group, God, but we come to meet with you. Yes. And so, Father, I just pray that this morning as... Um, we share what you've laid on our hearts, Father, that there will be um, just an openness in our spirits, in everyone's spirits, to receive what you have, Father. So, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'm going to start out by reading a little story here. Um, there was this guy that thought he was dumb. He didn't have opinions, which resulted in a life void of, of relationship. <clears throat> He never knew himself what he believed, felt, or thought, and so how could others really know him? He didn't believe that he ever had anything interesting to say and that no one ever really wanted to listen to him. Yeah, this is sad. He never believed that he could effectively communicate one-on-one -on -one with people, but always wanted someone else to be a part of the conversation so they could carry the conversation. Radio. Fresh breath. Maybe it's the Lord. <laughs> yeah, we need that's it. We need a fresh. We don't need fresh breath. We need a fresh breath. The breath of God. <laughs> All right, this boy definitely does. Um, let's see. He didn't think. He didn't think he had any kind of sense of humor. As a boy, he felt that everyone was dictating his life to him, but he was fine with that. 
He was a good boy and everyone seemed to really like him because he pleased them all with his, all of his obedience. <clears throat> As a result of this, when he grew up, he was nearly completely passive person. He didn't believe that he had any good ideas or any, crea- or any creativity in him. He thought that he wasn't mature and lacked leadership, lacked vision, and lacked desire. He never thought that he was good enough, so he just kept trying to please people so they would like him. He didn't want to be vulnerable with anyone because he believed that if people saw who he really was, that they wouldn't value him or accept him. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious to this boy that he had believed lies and made judgments that produced these beliefs about him. So, if anyone, you weren't supposed to be thinking about who this is, but it was me. <laughs> is anyone like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it sounds like a sob story, it's really not. <laughs> it's actually, you know, it, I, I went through and looked over kind of years and years and years of allowing God to work in my life and to reveal things, beliefs, kind of core beliefs. And, and those are some of the things that were on my list of things that I believed about myself. And you probably go, really? No way, that can't be. You know? But I think we all have things that are underneath the surface that maybe we don't even realize, but it kind of it dictates what we think, what we believe, what we really feel. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, part of what we you know we want to do in the next four weeks is really delve into and allow God to speak into some of these areas in our lives. And, and you know what the, the result is? That I am a different person yes. because of this, right? Because you would probably not think, some of you might go, that, that can't be Seth, there's no way that he believed those things. But those things were at the core of who I was. Wow. And I, my life was a result of those things. Yeah. Like how I acted, what I believed, how I communicated. The thing about not talking one-on-one with people, like, it's so, it's such a weird, silly thing. You know, it's like, why don't you feel like comfortable talking to people one-on-one? Like, that's weird, you know? And just the other night, uh, Israel was over at our house and we had this great conversation one-on-one. And like, as we were preparing for this, I realized that my life is completely changed in that. Not one time did I think, oh, this is awkward or we need to bring someone else in to carry the conversation. It was like, this is natural and fun and easy. But there's so many things in our lives that we believe that affect that. In fact, and, and this is an ongoing thing in our lives. Right. Just the, the part about he didn't believe that he had any good or creative ideas. At work, I, you know, I've said to myself and I've said to other people that I'm not the ideas guy. I can get people together. I can manage ideas and kind of implement them and work with them and, and take what other people... Because some people just sit down and they just, they just have ideas, solutions to problems. They just pour out all these ideas, right? And I have an ungodly belief that I don't have any good ideas. That I don't have good ideas and solutions to problems. And you know what? God told me, you're the ideas guy, Seth. That's what God told me in the place of that lie. This, and so my point is, this happened last week. So this is an ongoing process that God's working out in me of... Showing me the things, you know, there's a whole pl- a plethora of things, but showing me kind of my structural belief systems that aren't in, li- aren't in line with his, and he's bringing truth 
into those areas, and he's bringing freedom into those areas. Because now I'm, su- I'm able to be who God created me to be because I'm not bound by those things. So I'm able to adequately communicate to other people the love of Jesus. I'm not bound up by, man, what are people going to think? Or, and, of course, there's still a lot of healing that needs to go on in my heart. But, um, so what's, what's your, you know, let's start thinking about it. What are the things that are under the surface? A lot of times these things look like, you know, they're roots, and we need the Holy Spirit to reveal them to us. You know, we can see maybe fruit out of our lives. Like, wow, why in this situation do I always respond like this? I know that that's not the way to respond, but I always respond like that. There's a lot of times roots that are underneath the surface that God wants to expose and, and remove. Yeah. And He's going to give us roots of, of truth that we can rely on, that we can get our source from. So, yeah, what's, what's your story? Allow God to start bringing things in your life that are underneath the surface maybe. That, that you realize are core to what you think about other people. And it's really a lot of times what you believe about yourself or judgments you've made in situations around other people or relationships that you've had and how those relationships have um, affected you. That's good. Um, I've been really sensing lately, like in the last month or so, just hearing God speak about how He wants to draw us, our, our church body specifically, into a greater intimacy with Him. Yeah. And it's, it's just this strong message I keep getting, and it's, it's for all of us. He's wanting to draw all of us into a greater level of intimacy, a depth of intimacy with Him that we've not experienced before. This is a new season He's bringing us into. And um, we're teaching about restoration. I feel like this message is really timely for our church because he wants to restore our hearts to that place that he created us for. And imagine how it was with Adam in the Garden of Eden. You know, God and him, I mean, God created him, and it says, you know, God breathed life into him. And I was thinking about that. I've actually heard someone speak about this before, and it really impacted me. And if you imagine that scene for a moment, and just imagine what that must have been like for, for Adam. You know, he's been formed out of the dust. And God leans down and breathes, it says, into his nostrils. He breathes into him. And so he's breathing life into Adam. And as he's doing that, Adam's coming to life. And as God, like, backs away... The first thing Adam sees is the face of God. He's born and alive seeing the face of God. That's all he knows. And that's how he lived his life until the fall, of course. He was separated from God after that. And that's, you know, God and Adam, I mean, it was just them. And, and then God brought all these animals, and he said he watched what Adam would name them. And it was like he was just watching. And I can imagine that God was just like, my, this is my creation. What's he doing? Like, look at what he's naming the lion, you know, or whatever. And um, and just the joy and intimacy they probably shared. And it's because of the fall that that was disjointed and separated. And I, I just feel like this longing in God's heart to have that intimacy restored to the church again. And um, it's like. We don't know what we're missing, you know. We don't know the love and the longing that God has on his heart for us. Yeah. You know, what we were created for, we, we hardly even know it. Like, we just get a glimpse, you know. 
every so often just a tiny glimpse, but we do not know the love and the, the longing that God has in his heart for us. And, and um, I kind of see it as like when, you know, you have a child and, you know, they might get lost at a campground or at the beach or, you know, you know what it's like, that feeling, that sense of panic, you know, that like, I just want my child now. Where is my child? You know, you don't know what's happened. And it's like this intensity. I was lost at Disneyland. I remember longing for my parents. I was freaked out. I mean, it was Disney World, actually, a huge place. And I mean, that sense of panic. And it's like, we don't know. We don't, it's like, he is just longing for us like that, with that much intensity, you know, like you're just longing for your, your children. And, um, it's like the things that, that, that sin does in, in life just separate us from God. And this, this, the stuff we're going to be talking about in the next three, you know, today and the next three weeks are keys to taking down the walls that happen because of living life in this world. You know, taking down those walls and softening our hearts so that we can be restored to that intimate place with God again. And that's just what he's longing for. It's so good, so important. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, we just have to allow him to do it, really. You know, we just have to be willing. Number one, we have to want it and desire it. You know, and number two, we have to have that humility that says, okay, God, you can come in and do something here. And, you know, we have to be willing to let God look at our ugliness and for us to to be humble, to admit that we have something that needs to be removed, you know. And God has what it takes. He has the strength to do that in our hearts, you know. And there's little um, evidences in our life. You know, the people around us are the little signposts that can show us you know, or situations can show us those places. And when you learn how to recognize those things, healing can become quite easy, you know. And we just have to let, allow God to keep doing it. But he will show you for those who are hungry and want it. He will show you. And he's just drawing us to him. But the key is humility and the key is the desire. So, um, so all of the healing that we're going to be talking about, the, the, the principles that we're going to be talking about in the next three weeks, um, the foundation basically is forgiveness and repentance. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness. And, um, yeah. Um, yes, sorry. Matthew 22, 37. Um, Jesus talks about the greatest commandment, and that's that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And that's the first and greatest commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. And um, and so in the next three weeks, next week we're going to talk about ungodly beliefs, which has to do with the mind. The week after that we're talking about judgments, which has to do with the heart. And the week after that we're talking about the soul. We're talking about soul ties. And we really feel like all these three messages are quite timely for right now. Um, we're really excited about them. But those three things sum up how to be able to love God fully, you know, in that verse. So um, you can look forward to all about that. Um, but 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 today we're talking about forgiveness and um and the key to all the freedom in these areas is forgiveness and repentance. We have to forgive the people 
who have wounded us, who have hurt us. We have to forgive ourselves. And we also need to repent for the things that we've done. And those are the things that unlock healing in our hearts. Everything is based on that. And so we need to be good at forgiveness. We need to learn how to easily and quickly forgive and, and release bitterness and resentment in our lives um, that hold on to things that stay in there that aren't good. Um, in Matthew 6.14, um, it says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And the thing is, is God's given us the ability. You know, He makes it, in a sense, easy, even though sometimes it can be really difficult. He does make it, in a sense, easy for us to do it. And I've been chasing after healing for, like, about 12 years now, like hearing the teachings and just starting to kind of live out this as a process in my life. And um, it is kind of like the layers of an onion where you deal with uh, things on a certain level, and then, you know, after a while, that's been, you know, it releases a bit of freedom. It's been really good. And then maybe a couple of years down the road, he'll kind of bring about a deeper level of that, maybe that same issue or, you know, something. And especially those core things that have, like, formed kind of who we are. God wants to restore those things to be like how he sees us, you know, and, and fully heal the wounds of our hearts. Well, in third grade, I had a really difficult year in school. And... um it was it was difficult in a lot of reasons, but there was a lot of things that happened. And um, every time I, it seems like I would feel like, man, I'm really having like fear issues in this area of my life. And then I'd go and I'd ask God, where did this come from? And He'd be like, well, in third grade, you know, the teacher, blah blah blah, or you felt this way. And I'd be like, oh yeah, third grade again, you know. And then the next thing would be like, man, I'm feeling a lot of like this idea that I'm just not smart, you know. I just I'm not smart. And I'd bring it to God. God, where did this come from? Well, in third grade, actually, you know. And and it was just third grade, third grade, third grade all the time. And it's like I got really tired of it because <laughs> I felt like I dealt with it. But it was like he was dealing with different aspects that happened, like shame in third grade, you know, fear in third grade, you know, not believing I was intelligent in third grade and having to forgive the teacher for being mean to me that one day and the kid next to me in the back row who would say really mean your mama jokes, you know, and I'd have to forgive that one girl who taught me how to cheat, you know, and um, I mean, I could go on and on, but I just had to forgive and it was because that, that year of my life, like, you can just see how those ideas kind of formed who I was, and it was like every situation after that that was similar just confirmed what I had believed in third grade, and it was like, yep, I'm not smart, obviously, because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this process that you go through. But I can say God hasn't brought up third grade in years, and I am so thankful. I feel like we've dealt with that, but you never know. <laughs> but that's why if you've heard these teachings before, it's just not a bad thing to, to let God reevaluate where you're at right now and, and ask him, you know, what now do you want to heal in me? You know, we're just in process and it's a lifelong thing, but it's good because every time you do it, you experience a level of freedom and you're able to be more intimate with the Father and you have healthier relationships with people. And that's the things that we're looking for. Yeah. So I just figured out why Sarah jokingly sometimes... Um, puts her mouth around my nose and breathes into it. <laughs> it's the breath of God. <laughs> uh, maybe I did. <laughs> it just all made sense to me.
when you were saying that. Like, that's it. That's it. The fresh bread. It's a prophetic sign. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we are talking about intimacy with the Father, but not with each other here this morning. So, <laughs> All right, so everyone take a deep breath in and let it out. And let's do it again. And some of you have heard this before, but a good friend of ours says that the, the breath of the kingdom is forgiveness. We breathe it in from God. We receive His forgiveness. And we exhale and breathe it out to other people. And um, our wise friend is Mr. Scott Jones. And, and I think like we know that in our heads. But do we really exercise that forgiveness? I think we run into offenses all day, every day. I mean, we always run into people saying things, people doing things that just tweak us the wrong way. And do we exercise that forgiveness? And it doesn't have to mean going up to that person and saying, oh, I forgive you for this thing, mean thing that you did to me. Right? But just say... When's the last time, think for a second, when the last time it was that you actually thought to yourself, I just forgive that person for this thing that they did to me? When's the last time that you did that? I think you, you, you reveal something, maybe, you know, of how often we, we are, are we breathing that in and out, that forgiveness in and out? <clears throat> and I think, you know, forgiveness a lot of times is about, is, is about, us, because what happens is when we don't forgive, we're in a place of unforgiveness, we put ourselves in this box. There may be a person that did something to us, and they don't even realize that they did something to us. They might not have a clue. They might have said something that just tweaked us the wrong way, but they're just going on life. They're unaffected by that thing. But we take offense to that thing. We take offense maybe to something someone said. And we hold on to it. And we think about it. And we mull over it. And we think about how there was injustice there. And we think about how they, they were, you know, they were, I'm sure they were intending to do that. They were intentionally trying to do something to me. And that person might be completely unaffected by that. Obviously, there's still times where people are doing things intentionally. And we need to forgive them for that too. Right? But a lot of times we take offense... We hold unforgiveness. The unforgiveness can turn to bitterness. And the bitterness is this kind of um, ground for the enemy, you know, to just to develop bad fruit in our lives. And we have the key to get out of that cage in those situations, right? Because we can let ourselves out of that cage. We can just choose to forgive. And you know what? Forgiveness sometimes, it's not, it, you know, People think, oh, I have to be ready to forgive to forgive. And I would challenge that because I think that you, you, when you step out and you speak forgiveness, that starts the process of forgiveness. And it may not be the completion of the process, but it sure is the start of the process. And so a lot of times we'll just say, well, I'm not ready to forgive, I'm not ready to forgive, and then years will go by because <laughs> we're never ready to forgive. So I encourage you, Step out 
and forgive. Start that process of forgiveness. Because once that word is released, something happens in the atmosphere. Something happens in you. You come into agreement with what God's saying, because God tells us to forgive. And then it happens, because you step out in faith into it. So what forgiveness is not, is say, it's not saying that what the other person did is okay. It's not saying that their offense to me, intentional or unintentional, is okay or allowed. What it is saying is, I release them from what they owe me. I do not demand justice for what they've done to me. And there's a distinction there because people think, well, I have to, maybe if I'm forgiving, I'm, I'm saying that it's okay. And that's, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is just saying, I'm not the judge. You are God. I'm not demanding justice for this. God, you'll take care of them. I'm, I'm releasing them from any debt that they owe to me. And you know what? It brings freedom to you. It just brings freedom to you, you know? So we're going to exercise it right now. All right? So let's, let's just all close our eyes. Let's just ask God for if there's an area in our life that um, He wants us to forgive in. And just allow, I'm going to just allow maybe 30 seconds here. And God can speak through pictures in your mind. Maybe He's bringing up a memory. Maybe it's words or, or you're hearing in, in your head, the voice in your head, words that someone's spoken to you. God, what is it that you want us right now, today, to forgive? Alright, so let's just take that situation, that maybe that person, and let's just forgive them. And you know, a lot of times when we exercise forgiveness and repentance, it helps to verbalize it. And I know right now it's a little uncomfortable with all these people all around. <laughs> but let's speak out loud, I forgive. And you can just say it kind of under your breath. Say who it is or what it is. And so who it is or what it is for, and then just say the things that it's for. And then allow the Holy Spirit to bring <laughs> other things that it's for. Because a lot of times there's multiple things. So, God, we forgive this person for...
Just sensing that God's um, love and mercy is kind of flowing over us right now. So let's just receive his love and mercy. And I just see like kind of burdens being kind of just dropped off people as they're forgiving. So just receive God's love and mercy that's just pouring over people like rain and cleansing as we forgive and just let those things that we've held against people just fall to the ground, Lord. So as we were preparing for this, these next few weeks, I just saw a picture of this canvas that was laid out and there were all these kind of dark and sort of mysterious and confusing lines and, and colors. And I think a lot of times, you know, we can look at our own life and go, wow, my life is just a mess and I'm inside, I'm just, I just look kind of, I have this, there's this ugliness to me. You know, a lot of times we can look at ourselves like that. And I just had a sense that, like a master artist, God was, he wasn't taking away those things. He was, he was building on that. He was adding to it and he was adding colors to it. And, and, and all the, you know, it wasn't obvious what the end result was going to be yet, but God was building and painters a lot of times will layer. They layer, they set a foundation, and they layer different parts with different colors. And it takes a lot, sometimes a lot of time to build those layers of those colors and those shapes. And I just, I just have a sense that that's what God's doing in us. You know, He's taking what we feel is ugly and nasty and gross, and He's, 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 He's building on that. Because that's part of who we are, but He's taking that and He's gonna use that to bring about fruit good fruit in our lives and to bring about freedom in our lives and to bring about um yeah what he coming into the fullness of who he wants us to be in that picture that he's painting in us so i want to just read just close with one scripture here it's isaiah 61 felt like it was really fitting you guys have heard it before but it just seemed to really fit here isaiah 61 um, go one through four and then six through seven. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the captives, and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting or heaviness. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. They will then rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And then skip down to six. Uh, maybe seven. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. And instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. For they will possess a double portion in the land. Everlasting joy will be theirs. So that's what we want to leave you guys with.
And I was reading out of the NASB, which is probably different than what was up there. But um, yeah, so thank you guys. We're looking forward to this time together. All right. Yeah, I just want to just pray. That's okay. (laughs) God, we just uh, give you our stuff. We just give you our stuff, God. And we just open our hearts to you, Lord. And I just thank you for that love and mercy that you have given us. We just receive it, God. I just pray, Father, for a depth of that intimacy, God. We just long for you, too. We thank you that you long for us, Lord. And just come and draw us to you. Help us desire you, Lord. And just do a work in our hearts. We just say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.